Well, good morning, church. How are you? I'm just telling you, I was uh, worshiping with you this morning right over here and then uh, backstage continuing to worship with you. And there was something cool going on in this place today. Man, I, I'm just telling you, I think some students came back a little bit fired up on what, uh, what the Lord did in their life this last week. But uh, there were some adults and some children in this room that were like, you know, there was some joyful noise going on to the Lord this morning. I absolutely love, 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 love that. So, welcome to Spark Studios today. Yeah, let me have that, please, ma'am. Thank you. So if you don't know what Spark Studios are, by is, are, is, is, you don't know what Spark Studios is, you are there now. This is VBS for 2022, and our kids are going to get poured into in amazing ways this week, and I cannot say this enough. They're going to learn about, and this is the three things they're going to be learning about, how they were created, how they were designed, and how they are empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is exactly what we're going to talk about for a few minutes this morning. Uh, so if you have kids, they need to be here. I'm just saying it. Find a way to make that happen. If you need one of us to make sure they get picked up, uh, contact Sarah. We'll find some way to get your kids here each night to make that happen. Uh, life change happens at VBS. Matter of fact, I'm just curious in this room of the adults and teenagers in here, how many of you, your life was changed at VBS? Raise your hand up right quick. Just look across this room right quick. Okay, there's hands up all over this place uh, that your life was changed because of what happened at VBS. And it's kind of like going to youth camp, except it's right here on campus. And what I mean by that is all, the, all evening that you are here, you're hearing about Jesus. All evening, you, all the distractions are gone, and you're focused on Jesus Christ for two, two and a half hours for five days in a row. And I'm just telling you, it makes a difference in lives. And so you may have neighbors and, and wonder, what do I do with my neighbors that are beside me? Well, tell your kids to go invite your neighbors, and as long as you still got room in the minivan, keep bringing them. And then if you have to go back and get another load in the minivan, well, then do that. And if not, I know people here that have bigger vehicles, and we can get them here. So uh, we will help make that happen, but it's going to be a fun and a great week. So I want to begin with this today, and we're really going to be looking at one specific passage this morning. Um, spark is our theme. I want you to think about it in this way, and they'll help define it as we go through this week. But spark is something that, that Christ puts in us. It's that creative part of us that makes us like him. As we are the only part of creation created in his image. So he is creative, so guess what that makes us? Creative. So that spark is what we want to see come from our kids. It's what we want to see from you. It's that creative passion just like he is and was and always will be. He wants us to be like him, but what were we created for? Two quick things I want, two quick examples I want to share with you. Uh, yesterday afternoon, some friends and family all got together of, of mine and we went over to a place called an escape room. Anybody ever been to an escape room before? Did you escape? 
Some did and some are, no. We did, but I mean, there were like just a couple of minutes left on the 60 minutes that were left. But here's what I learned. God made every single, I think there were seven of us in one room. Every single human in that room was so different. Every single human in that room thought so differently. But I'll also tell you this. I do not think we would have escaped it had not been for all seven in that room because there was a creative spark that was completely different in all seven people. And the age range, I think, was 21 to a little older than me in that room, which is 22. And so I'm glad you guys are paying attention and love me for my young age. Uh, I also want to share something else. When I was a little boy, uh, I, was, I was all boy. And what I mean by that was it was dirt and ponies and three-wheelers and what could you get in trouble with? What could you jump? I mean, it wasn't purposely to get in trouble, but it was a good way to get hurt. And my dad, from really early in my life, I remember I think maybe three or four, he gave me my first pocket knife. Here's a picture of it because I know you can't really see it from here. Uh, that is it right there. Uh, let's see if I can hold it just like it is right there. Um, it's not an expensive knife, and it's not an expensive knife on purpose. I used to enjoy carrying a knife all the time, and then I couldn't go into a school, and I couldn't go into a hospital, and couldn't go into an airport, so now they all sit in a drawer at home just to look at, I guess. But there's something unique about this one. Anybody notice anything that's a little bit unusual about this knife? I, I, what's that? It's broken. It's broken. And my dad used to tell me all the time, son, take care of your knives. Now, if you know my dad, my dad really likes knives. He's a collector. And um, he used to say, uh, what's a knife for, Ross? Well, it's to cut things or to whittle things or to hone something down a little bit. But I got creative on my own. I didn't need the specific purpose that it was created for, even though it started off a lot prettier. One prettier and I, I took care, better care of this one. It has better blades all the way through it. You can take a look at this one. It's actually a, a nice knife, an expensive knife, a, a case knife. And it's a, it's a pretty knife. But I always had this one in my pocket as a little boy. And, uh, well, I discovered that it works really well as a flathead screwdriver. Until it doesn't. And if you go back to the last one, Neil, uh, you see the very tip of the blade on the, the longer one on your right side there. Uh, well, it used to be a little sharper than that. Well, that was a screwdriver. But I also found out with something else. And on our helmets, on our three-wheelers, they had a plastic guard across the top of them. And, well, you never had a, you never had a screwdriver when you were out on the trail or out on the field. But sometimes you had to take it off because it would crack. It would get hit. And so uh, I would take the other blade, and it worked like a great pry bar. Until it didn't. You know? And uh, a matter of fact, I, if you, if you want to see me when this is over with, I'll actually show you because the knife blade is actually very sharp. And when you don't use it for what it was intended to, it will actually go all the way through and it will attach itself to the bone between the tendons. And it will stay there until you pull it out. It's amazing. And it does hurt. So be careful with knives if you should have one. But it has a purpose that it was created for. Now, if you don't use it for that purpose that it was created for, you destroy it. And you mess up the very purpose that it was created for. Now, here's the point in all this. You were created for a purpose. God created you for something very unique. But yet we think that we can take the gifts that he's given us and use it just any way that we want to. And in that, we destroy that gift. 
because we don't live out the purpose that he called us to live. Now, I want to walk through a passage with you today. I want to help you understand this and, and understand that your life was not intended to be a pry bar or a flathead screwdriver. You were intended to be a sharp instrument to be used by the Lord. That's why he put the spark inside you, which relatively speaking today, we're talking about the power or the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to help realize why you were created today. So here's the deal. God created us for a specific purpose. Uh, most believers, I believe, never realize the true purpose that God created them for. I see 20, 25 students and, and 8 or 10 adults that went with our students this week that not only lived out part of that purpose this week, but realized a little bigger what that purpose that God has for you this week in loving people and helping people come to Jesus Christ. You see it differently today than you did last Sunday. It's just different. Now, when you live out that full potential, you find and you discover something that is amazing in your life. You find a fulfillment that you never knew even existed. So here's the way the Holy Spirit spoke through the Apostle Paul almost 2,000 years ago now to share this with us. It is that theme verse for this week. It's Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And yeah, we're actually going to go back to 8 and 9 in just a minute. But Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, I'm going to put it up on the screen because most of you don't have the translation or the transliteration that I'm going to use this first part. It's the Amplified Bible just because it paints such an incredible picture. But here's what it says. Verse 10, For we are his workmanship. And then in brackets there it says this, and this is just an explanation of it is what this is. His own masterwork, a work of art. Created in Christ Jesus, which means reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works. Which God prepared for us beforehand, which means that he's taking paths, which we take paths, which he set. So that we would walk in them, which means living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us now here's one more and this is the same thing this is a this is the the jb phillips translation another uh, actual transliteration but boy it sure helps us understand it says the fact same verse uh, ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 the fact is that we the fact is that we are what we are we owe to the hand of God upon us. What we are, we owe to the very hand of God that is upon us. We are born afresh in Christ and born to do those good deeds which God planned for us to do. Now, I don't know if you're realizing this already, but this is so different than what this world teaches us. You live for you, you take care of you, you do your thing, you do what makes you happy. And what the Lord speaks through the Apostle Paul is, yeah, you do what makes you happy in me. That's where the ultimate joy comes from. So that's number one on your outline, and I appreciate Sarah getting this up here for me, but that's your first word, created. Now here's what we mean by created today. It says literally that we are his workmanship. It means that we, his hands are upon us. His hands are what made us what we are. So when you start hating on yourself, you're hating on what the creator created in you. 
And I'm just saying, you need to stop because he didn't mess up. There's no mistake in you. He created you exactly as he intended. In other words, we belong to God. We are his property to do with as he chooses. We belong to him. I belong to him. This is not mine. This is not mine. This is not mine. These are not mine. These are not mine. They're his. But as someone once said, God don't make no junk. I know it's a double negative and that's terrible, but it's truth. God did not mess up with you. Our creator has rendered each of us as his masterpiece no matter how we feel about ourselves. We are his masterpiece. And if we are in Christ Jesus, by grace alone, in faith alone, in Christ alone, we get to experience that amazing grace that he has. And living that out is the greatest fulfillment you will ever have. Now, I can't go through this passage without talking about a little bit of Greek. So here's your brief lesson for today, but I think it's incredibly valuable. If you take this verse and you actually read it in the original Greek, it doesn't line up the way we would just say a sentence. This one, in this one, the word his is placed first in the Greek sentence for emphasis. For instance, it literally says, his for we are workmanship. His for we are workmanship. And here's what that means. For him, we are the product of his design. And the idea of that is it's good. You remember what good means in the word? Good doesn't mean like, okay, that's almost good enough or that's next to great. Good in the word means the best. And so the point is this. We are not our masterpiece. We are certainly not the result of our own making, but we are God's masterpiece. We are his handiwork. We are a masterpiece only because we are his masterpiece, totally unrelated to any effort of our own, our own merit. It's not something we do. It is something that he does in us. So this is a spot where I think that, that we need to be careful here. We are taught, be proud of yourself. Okay, don't stop there. Just soak in what we're taught every single day. Be proud of what we do. Be proud of what we become. Be proud of what we look like. It's why the most popular picture in America is the selfie. It's the one we take of ourselves. Even if we take it with other people with us. Look who's in the front. It's the big head that's in front of the selfie. Not only does it look funny, it's got a theological problem with it. It puts us first. Just think about the, what we do with this thing. But you didn't create you. You didn't come up with those great ideas. You weren't the creative spark. It wasn't how awesome you were. That's not how it works. You and I have a creator. And we're not him. We don't even begin to match that in any shape, form, or fashion. So the reality is, is all the credit, all the, the creative credit goes to who? The creator, right? Not to the created. 
do you remember in the passage where the Lord teaches us? Is it right for the, for the, the pot to look at the creator, the, 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 the creation of the clay, to look at the creator and say, what have you done? No, may it never be. But yet we do that. Oh, God, what did you do here? No. God, look at what you did here. It's what he did. It's all credit going to him. So here's a humbling but extremely true thought that came to my mind as I was preparing for this. The emphasis here is on the creator and his abilities to create an amazing work of art. Works of art are never truly copied. There is no identical copy of anything the Creator has done. They are all unique. Have you ever looked at the story of the snowflake? Of all the snowflakes that happen, if you're from the north, you know there's a lot of them. No two are the same. If you take out your finger and you look at it really close and you can see it all, there's one thing you can know about that. There's no two that are the same. You know why? Because you have a Creator and you're not Him. Now, if you take enough uh, accidental swipes with a knife, you can change that a little bit. Not on purpose, but you can change. But see, that's, that's a mistake. That's not the plan. That's what happens in our lives. You are unique in your look and your personality and your calling. You are unique in every way that God has made you. So, if you back up to, chapter, uh, to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9, notice what he says. So, God saved you by his grace when you believed. Okay, we get that. We talk about it all the time. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So it's a gift from the Creator. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Because if we could, we... Really? We never would, right? Okay, y'all need to wake up. I don't know what y'all did on Saturday night, but this is Sunday morning, and this is Jesus time, so wake up just a little bit. Here we go. God is the Savior. He did the work through Jesus in our spirit, in our soul. So we can't take credit for it. We can't boast about it. Uh, we didn't do anything to make it happen. And if you haven't realized that yet, that needs to happen in this place today. You didn't make it happen. You didn't work it out. He's the one that made it happen in you. So the same thought continues. Not only did we not save ourselves, we didn't make ourselves into something special. It is his workmanship. You are his work of art. So for the kids in this room, I want you to hear this. You are God's work of art. He's done something. He's created something special in you. He's got a purpose for your life that you may not even understand right now because some of us get older and we still don't understand that specific purpose that he's got in our lives. But he does have a specific work because he is the one that created us to be that work of art. God created us and said his creation was good. And by God's own words, that means it was perfect. It was exactly as I intended it. In Genesis chapter 1, and verse 27, the Lord said this, So God created man in his own image, and he created him in the image of God. He created them male and female, and God saw all that he made, and it was very good indeed. Now, you're a couple of generations removed from this, but guess what? That creative part of God has not changed. That specialness in you has not changed at all. He gives us life which is the breath that we breathe in our lungs. And he also gives us the very presence of the Holy Spirit, which makes us 
completely different from all other creation. We have the very Spirit of God in us when we have trusted Him by grace through faith in Christ alone in the Son of God. Another scripture passage, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 18. For you know God, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you. Now I know you can barely see it today, but the top of that up there, that's the top of the cross. That's the reminder of what he did for us. He paid that ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. So see, you didn't even have really great stuff coming from the back. From your, from your parents and your grandparents. You might have some good stuff, but you didn't have the great stuff. The great stuff came from holy God. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, so it can't be purchased, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's where it came from. That's where the good stuff, that's where the, the, the Creator made the difference in our lives. So the emphasis is on the grace of God and the gift of God and knowing all the time that it's for the glory of God. Okay, so it's the grace of God that gives us the gift of God, knowing all the time it's for the glory of God. And God has given us gifts. He's given us scripture. He's given us his Holy Spirit so that we can do the things that he created us for before we were even thought of. Now let that soak in a little bit. The plan that he's got for you started before your parents. The plan that he's got before you it started before your first breath. That's the plan that he's got for you. Now, let's go a little bit deeper in this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. God is the giver of that. Okay, I told you I was only going to give you one great thing. Here's one more. And this is just a fun one, and you'll not forget this one. I feel very confident. The word used for masterpiece here is the Greek word poema, which is the word we get the word poem from, which is a literary work of art. So I want you to think about what God's calling you. He's calling you a poem that he created, a, a, a perfect way of saying something, a perfect way of doing something that is unforgettable. That's why poems were originally written, so we wouldn't forget things. They were written to rhyme as such, so that we would not forget them. So you are a poema. You are a work of art of a holy God. And this work of art, don't forget it, it's not yours. It's on loan from God. It's just on loan. It's not you. It's him. So how are you using your poema? How are you using your masterpiece to glorify God? Are we using what God has given us to draw attention to him, to bring glory to him? Or are we using it just to put a shine light on us because we like us so much or we think attention is supposed to be drawn to us so we get enough likes or whatever? Just think about it. So you're created, secondly, on your outline, designed. Now here's what design means. God didn't just create us. He created us for a purpose. He created us for a specific purpose purpose remember the people that i were talking about in that uh, escape room everyone had a specific purpose in there or we might still be in there today and i don't know ryan would have to be preaching today i don't know what would happen but it, it wouldn't be me i think he could totally do it but this falls in step with the idea of the talents that we talked about last week god gives us what he knows we'll use and we're intended to use that gift and if we just go bury it and never use it mm, 
Says he's going to take that town, he's going to give it to somebody else. I don't want to be, I don't want that to happen in my life. I don't want that to happen in your life. It is good because he said it is good. That's what he wants us to use. If there is anything good in you, and there is, because some of us don't think there's any good in ourselves, there is good in you. It is from the Lord, which or who gives us every good and every perfect gift. The word tells us it comes from above, it comes from the Father of lights. If there is anything good, that's where it comes from. Uh, Think about it with me like this. The truth of God's creation and his design makes one of the greatest mysteries of human life make sense. Because, here's what I think about this. Those who appear to have it, those who appear to have it all, still live like there's something missing. I think about pro athletes they become mvps they win super bowls they finally get to point and they're going to retire until they come back like three or four months later why do they need another seven million dollars that year no shouldn't if not we got some financial advisors that can help them but they come back because they're looking for something that's missing they went home to their family, and it just wasn't enough. Need the cheer of the crowd, one more trophy, one more something. You think about the richest man in the entire world, and he makes the platform every single week right now. He's got about $224 billion more than any of us in this room. But yet, in almost every time I hear him speak, he's still looking for something. If I can just make this difference in this world, if I can just create this. And he's super creative. Goodness. But he's looking for something. And I'm just telling you what. Doesn't matter how many trophies you get. Doesn't matter how many zeros you end up at the end of your account. If you're not living for the purpose that you were created for and you haven't found that creator. You're always going to be hungry for something that you'll never find until you get there. As long as you've got breath in your lungs, guess what, though? It's not too late. As long as you have breath in your lungs, it's not too late. Think about it like this. The truth and the answer to true fulfillment is right here in front of us. God has given us that answer. Jesus made the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Once you experience that, once you know that, you just sang it, he was the Savior then, he is the Savior now. Oh God, my God, I need you. That is who he is. That is what he has to offer every single human being. And the Word explains, and the Word clarifies this purpose. And so before you get stressed out trying to make this happen on your own, Hold on to this truth, and it's the last thing. You are empowered. You're not just created. You're not just designed for something special. You're empowered, and you're not empowered by anything you do. You can't do enough push-ups. You can't run far enough for this. You can't earn enough for this. You can't do enough amazing things for this. It's not of ourselves, or we would. Really? Boast. Yeah. 
But he's given us this purpose, and he has empowered us to do this. He's in, we're, we're, we're empowered by what? We're empowered by whom? We're empowered to do what? Well, if you go back to Ephesians chapter 2, in a, a, a translation that's really easy to understand, in chapter 10 in the New Living Translation, it says this, For we are God's masterpiece, which means we're created. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, which means we're designed, we're born again for this purpose, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Before we ever breathe the breath. So followers of Jesus were born, created by God, and then reborn for one reason. To do the purposes that God has given us in this life. It's why we are here. What, does, uh, what God plans, what he has put in place for us, what he plans, he enables. What he wants us to do, he will help us do. He will show us that path. He will help make it happen. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 21 says this, It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised. So if, they, if there are good works, if they are good works according to God's definition of good, they are the greatest works to be done on earth. I think about the, the great commandment that God has given us here on this earth. What, is the, what are we called to do? To love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That is the calling on every single one of our lives. And then the rest of it comes in the end of Matthew chapter 28, where he tells us in the Great Commission, therefore, go and make disciples. I love, Drew, what you took our students to do this week because they got to go and at least begin to plant a seed and make some disciples. They got to start at that spot this week which is absolutely amazing, but it, it's not just for students. It's for every single one of us. That commandment, that commission is to every single human being who is a follower of Jesus Christ. Folks, there are limitless ways to, to show people you care and to love them, but ultimately, and the only thing that, that can't be avoided is telling them about Jesus and the good news. That is our purpose. I love what Ray Pritchard said about this, and we'll close this up. There's one main thing you can do on earth that you will never do in heaven. Here on earth, you can tell a lost sinner about Jesus Christ. And once you've breathed that last breath, it's too late. You can't tell anybody else about Jesus. But you might want to, but you can't. You see, God created you, he recreated you, and all the time he already had a plan for your life. Not a life you can do even good things that you can do, but unbelievable things that he can empower you to do. So if you go back to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and then work through 10, you will see the amazing truth the Lord has given us. We cannot be saved by the good things we do, but we were saved to do the good things we were created to do. That's what it's all about. I want to show you two pictures before we leave here. Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, most of you have seen a picture of this. It's amazing. If you like art like I do, it's just, it's, it's, it's mesmerizing. You can literally look at it for 30 minutes or an hour or two hours and you can see something different in every single part of it. It is the Last Supper. And the more you look at it, the more you're going you're gonna to see here. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul says, Do this and remember it to me as often as you drink it. So what are we supposed to do here? We're supposed to remember him as we're doing that. 
And we do it to remember we do it to remember Jesus, the price that he would, and this was before the cross. We do it to remember the price that he paid for us so that we could experience salvation and freedom from sin and, and a personal place with God in heaven. He is the focus. He is the, he's the, the artists have analyzed this thing over and over again for years, and they find one common thing. And you'll see it right here. Notice this. Everything in this picture points to the very center of this. Literally, like to his forehead right here. If you actually analyze it all the way down, everything in it, every window goes to a center focus. The table goes to a center focus. The altar in the front goes to a central focus. The eyes, the hands go to a central focus. Even the food and the drinks, they go to a central focus. Even the space above his head, it goes to a central focus. Now, the entire painting is focused on one person it's Jesus all the lines everything why because it's all about him and that has to be our lives as well all about him it's his sacrifice it's his love it's his grace it's his creativity it's his design it's his power it's our dependence on everything that only he can give and he designed and he renewed you and he gives you the power to do the good things that he created for you long ago. The questions to take home. Remember Jesus. Focus on him. Remember what he did for you. And remember why he created you. And then live it. Just live it this day. I want you to stand to your feet right now all across this room. Glenn and our amazing group of lady worship leaders are going to come back up here right now. If you've never realized that you have a creator who loves you like he does, if you've never realized that you can't fix this thing on your own, but only Christ can, uh, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, teenagers, come take Drew by the hand. Come take me by the hand. Let's figure this thing out today. And then if you realize that he is your, your creator and that he did design you, but you're not using any of it for his glory, why don't you surrender that today? It might show up at an altar on your knees or here on an altar on your knees. You may need to talk to somebody, a good friend or somebody that you can share this with. But you respond to him. Jesus said that we must repent, which means that we turn away from the sins that we know are true in our lives that break the very heart of God and we turn to Jesus to give him everything in our lives trusting him what he did by grace through faith in the son of God would you pray with me father thank you for the spark that you put in our lives the first one being the presence of your Holy Spirit as we trust you by grace through faith and then Lord you designed us for a purpose you put a spark in our lives you put a desire in our lives to make a difference and that difference is to make a difference in lives so that people can know you and experience heaven one day like we desire and we want to and we look forward to. Uh, Father, help us get real with you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, empower us to make that difference. Empower us to walk down this aisle if we need to. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray.